Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Recorded live. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cummins. We got Anthony Mangione. And how are you? Doing good, Russell. And we have Michael Jello. Mike. Good evening, gentlemen. All right, so we uh, we've got some things going. For people listening, we're probably not going to talk much about the action tonight. Just so you know, I don't even know if we'll get around to it. Maybe we will, but probably not. So if you are hoping to do that, feel free to tune out now. We won't feel bad. All right, so lots of trades. We'll get we'll we'll start recapping with some of the uh, the previous ones. The the Nick Holden deal was an interesting one for the Rangers because, you know, they get a draft pick, they get Rob O'Gara. The, the O'Gara part was interesting because I take really good pride in knowing as many prospects as I can, right? But you can't know them all because I would have to know every prospect from every college, from every place, but I know a fair amount. Like I have like 10 years of files and, and I have a lot of reports on guys and it's almost all on the cloud now. It's like, Half of it's there now, right? So, and it goes back. It does. And it's more, it's probably more than 10 years. But when I get challenged, like, on something like Facebook about O'Gara being a pylon, I realize, okay, fans are just angry, right? Like, Ranger fans are just angry that their team is breaking up. I get it. Uh, and, and finally, like, this one guy finally admitted, yeah, I'd never seen the player play. And it's just, you know, and it's just like, you know, this is what what we have to go up against in the next, you know, three, four days, and, and that's yeah. fine. But but I can tell you that this was a really good deal out of the gate for Jeff Gordon because they got a useful defenseman, a useful probably number four on a rebuilding team and and a six otherwise. And he's, and he's strong, and he's, and he's got a pretty good puck-moving ability. So for Nick Holden, a guy who really was not used the right way by the Rangers or, or Elaine Vigneault, a plus. Now, for... For Boston, yeah, they got a guy and that they could use second power play, and if you know Chara yeah. goes cold, first power play. So it's a good depth move for them too. Yeah, primarily in this case, again, they, they, you knew the Bruins were looking for at least one more defenseman to add to the mix in that in that particular type of role. The question, the only question was how big were they willing to go? Right. As we talked about last week. Ryan McDonough was, you know, we was sort of bandied about as a name potentially. Um, but I think this, this, this deal made far more sense from the Bruins' perspective for the reasons that you just laid out. Again, the secondary power play guy, if Charg, as you said, does go cold, you at least have he, – he's got the um, the makeup to handle things uh, from that position. So, um, again, I thought it was a solid move for both teams. But O'Gara – I got a chance to see O'Gara when he played with the Bruins, and I liked him. I thought he was a mm-hmm. good, solid, good, strong, physical mm-hmm. uh, defenseman. Yeah, it's an element that the Rangers need on their blue line. So I think it was solid in that respect. Mike? Yeah, I think this is a good deal for, for the Bruins in the sense that I didn't think that – you know, I think it's an admission by, uh, by Don Sweeney that he's not going to pay the price for 
uh, for, for Ryan McDonough that was out there in the media. I mean, maybe it was, that was just a little uh, posing out there, but I, I didn't think that they were going to, you know, trade two pieces on their NHL roster for McDonough. And this is a fallback, and it's a decent fallback. And like Anthony said, you know, maybe he alleviates some of the ice time that Charo would play on a second power play because Krug is the number one power play guy usually. And, you know, he'll be able to play 12, 13 minutes on the bottom pairing, and that's, I think that's a good addition. Um, and it's the right move for the Rangers because they add, you know, a young defenseman and they get a draft pick, and it's a good start down the road, and we're probably going to talk about the Grabner deal, and that's an even better start down the road for the Rangers. Yeah, so with the Grabner deal, they they get a second. It's their first-ever deal with the Devils. Uh, no surprise without Lou there that that – was going to happen, I guess, eventually. And they pick up a defenseman, Igor Rykov, which is really interesting because and I have notes on him. I actually mm-hmm. had a lot on him from the under-18s. But then, you know, I've lost track of him, right, because he's in the KHL. So, okay, yeah, exactly. But a lot of people act like they know what he is or know who he is. And But also, there is also a report from an NHL executive that he's a B-plus prospect. And I'm like... You know, I don't even have him as a B-plus from when I watched him two years ago. So I checked in with my source from the KHL, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they put not a B-plus. They laughed at that and said, still developing, maybe. And I think this is a window-dressing thing where, hey, they got an excellent pick for Grabner. A second is as good as you're going to get. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be looking for this guy to land at the Garden anytime soon, if ever. Is it just one of those names that fills out a sheet that says, hey, look, we got a prospect, too, and if he turns into something, great. But I, I'm not expecting a lot. We'll call it the intermetro division tax of yeah. having, because yeah. in this case, the second round like picks that. it. But we're in a division, so you never know. This one might come to bite us in the rear end, so we need to get a player out of the deal as well. And right. that's the way I looked at it, especially if you're sending him straight up to your crosstown rot, to your cross cross-river rival, um, there was going to be a little bit more involved in the deal. From the Devils' pers- I mean, for, from the Devils perspective, I think the Grabner pickup was perfect for them. He was exactly what I think yeah. they needed in terms of adding scoring depth, especially as the team started to fade a bit uh, here as uh, as other teams have surged. They needed to get that one additional forward there that's a veteran who knows what he's doing, and Grabner's a good, strong, solid, you know, physically strong player, so he should be able to get himself in position for um, – you know, for scoring chances for them um, can be, I think, a power can be a pretty helpful guy on the power play for them as well. So, again, it's a piece that I think the Devils needed to try to ensure their playoff berth. They've been making, again, to Shiro's credit, he's been making moves throughout this season to make the Devils, I think, a, team, a legitimate, um, a legitimate playoff contender. Uh, and this is another move. I mean, obviously, I love the Vatnin deal as good as good as. Um, as as I, as I think Henrik has been for the Ducks, I think Vatnin was exactly what they needed, and they've made moves throughout the season that I think have gotten them to this point. And and Radner's another element to that, no doubt. Mike, yeah, I, I loved the speculation after this deal that they got Reichoff because Reichoff is playing with Ska St. Petersburg, with Ilya Kovalchuk, and yeah, you know, he's buddy. I mean, he's twenty years old, and Ilya Kovalchuk is thirty four. I, I would know. be surprised if he knows Reichoff's first name. I, really I know. I agree. Yeah, it's a loose. It's, it's kind of a loose, a loose connection uh, to it, to to make that. But I mean, I I get why someone you know you have to have that uh, additional sort of as thin a line as you can get uh, in terms of why you would ask for a certain player. But you'd have to probably delve in. And you're again, it's 
I don't think you have to entice Ilya Kovalchuk um, to one or you know, because I think he already has it in his head that he's going to try to sign with a, new, with a New York area team. So I think sure. the Rangers are probably likely. So I don't think that necessarily is going to sweeten the pot. True. Um, I like the Florida deal, getting Frank Vitrano. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it was like for a third. Third uh, round pick. That was a low-grade yeah. good deal. I watched that. I saw that deal. I was like, hmm. That's a good nice deal. Move nice move, Dale. Yep, and and I I spent the last three four days with uh, with Dale, sat a couple of seats away from him, and he's very involved. For people that think that like you know he's Dale Talon's out to pasture, and just because they kicked him upstairs the last time, no, they did the the Florida franchise did themselves a disservice when they did that. But Dale Talon's on the job, trust me, and he's doing a good job, and and he hired Chris Pronger to be his ASGM and. And he's pretty involved now. And so I like what they're doing. I like that they got for Toronto. It adds more speed. They're looking to make up points. There's a lot of dead points you can get out there. And like the Rangers are one of them. Um, as an example, you know, they, they got beat 4-1 tonight. Eric Stahl got his revenge. Good for Eric Stahl because A.V. totally misused the guy. They barely played him any minutes, put him on like the yeah. third line. It was a disgrace. Yeah. It was a disgrace. But the the thing that I – take out of all of this is they put Alexander Georgiev in for a second night. Like basically people who think that Georgiev is a, a, a really serious goaltending prospect for the Rangers. He's not, he's more like a sacrificial lamb. And now if you play the Rangers, you're almost guaranteeing yourselves two points. So like a team like Florida wants to play the Rangers. They want to play Ottawa. They want to play some of these teams that are out of it. And this may enable Florida to catch up now that Luongo is healthy. Yeah, entirely possible. Um, and again, if you're examining, you talk about this primarily from the Vitrano angle, or are we looking at this from uh, both? I'll, I'll, I mean, there's not much you, to say about yeah. the Boston side of it. They just, you know, Vitrano wasn't right. going to be used much, but so for, it's more from Florida. But I, I kind of like, if, again, I, I think he has a. I think there's there's definitely a spot on the Panthers there where he can graft himself on and really kind of. Get his career, get get his wings, uh, get his wings. I think with the Panthers to really kind of have a foothold in the NHL. I think he's actually got a pretty good chance to be a pretty good, productive uh, middle mm-hmm. six kind of player in the NHL. I really. And his dad's got a good pizza place. We know that, so that's a, that's good too. <laughs> there we go. No, we had Ant. You have no idea. We had this big pizza discussion on the mm-hmm. the video show, and um, Peter yeah. Tessier from Winnipeg was just like saying, mm-hmm. "What is it with you guys and pizza?" And I had to tell him to shut up. Uh, like Pete is important. I basically said that. Well, look at look at this way in in combo with the, with the deal we just talked about, the Holden deal. Basically, Boston got Holden for Ogara, and they got yeah. well, they got the Florida third round pick uh, to replace their third round pick, mm-hmm. uh, and and trading Vitrano. And you know, Vitrano had t- two goals in twenty five games this year, and no assists. And last year, if he you know he averaged would have averaged out to twenty goals on the full season, so he was not being misused. But maybe the sense that you know they've moved on from him because they've yeah. got guys like DeBrusque and Dalton Heinen, and though those players playing bottom six time, and Toronto just isn't gonna wasn't gonna get more time on that team. So it's a good move for Florida, as you said, because he's speedy and I think he's got offensive ability. And we know that their sore spot right now is on the wing. They're strong up the middle. They're playing Nick Bukestad on the wing because they have nobody else to play the wing. Yeah. All right. Now Mike will read off the very complicated, multidimensional, crazy-ass deal that happened today. Okay. 
Now, according according to the reports, it was four separate deals. But in the in the end, this is where this is where everything went. Pittsburgh gets Derek Broussard, obviously the best player in the deal, a 2018 third round pick, uh, minor league forward, and I stress minor. Vincent Dunn and and Tobias Lindbergh, former Senator draft pick, went to the Leafs, went to yep. Vegas. Now, now it was part of the Calvin Picker deal. Uh, Ottawa gets the Penguins' 2018 first round pick, a 2019 third round pick, goal, uh, Swedish goaltending prospect prospect Philip Gustafsson and defenseman Ian Cole, which was basically a salary dump, right? Uh, which Ottawa will turn into a draft pick, and Vegas gets for basically retaining salary, uh, forward Ryan Reeves, and a fourth-round draft pick. There you okay. Go. So let's talk and about it. An, and, and, and there's yeah. an interesting extra wrinkle to it from John Shannon from Sportsnet up in Canada. Basically, that Vegas made this move basically to block Broussard from going to a Western Conference team. That's why they got involved. And okay. according to Shannon, he said he's been told that the Western team was Winnipeg who was trying to get Broussard. Interesting. Okay, well, that's – you know, look, and basically, look, the quote was: "He says, as I was told, better to face him and better face Broussard in round four than round two." End quote. <laughs> and Ryan and Ryan Reeves went to Vegas because apparently his coach in the WHL was one was Kelly, Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah, was the mm-hmm. GM in Vegas. Yeah. Okay, yep. but 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 let's let's go a little further with all right. So so Pittsburgh gets Broussard. An interesting thing about Broussard is, uh, you know, the Rangers did go in a few years ago and beat Pittsburgh with Broussard in a game seven there. So they probably remembered that and said, you know, this guy played pretty good in that game. And I remember interviewing him after that game in Pittsburgh. So, so there's that. Now the Ryan Reeves thing, the one thing about Pittsburgh that bugs me is every season they rent a goon. It's Sestito, it's Reeves. And now they just sort of shuffle them off and you well, never hear the from again. The difference was this time is the fact that the, you know they even if they've gotten an enforcer, the fact of what the cost was to get the enforcer. I mean, it was along the lines of, uh, you know, again, it, they traded a first round pick to St. Louis for yeah. him to, to get Reeves. That is probably again when we talk about enforcers, it's not as much about the fact that you know that they've had them in the past, but they were kind of low grade. But the fact that you give up a first round, even if you is the thirty yeah. first pick in the draft. Or the thirty, yeah, the thirtieth, thirty-first pick in the draft. That's mm-hmm. still a high cost, and that's where the criticism, I think, certainly lies in this case, and why them flipping Reeves, they could turn around and say, "Hey, got ended up getting them Broussard, and that could help them in the point they end up winning the cup uh, potentially, or, or tapping, you know, giving them, you know, strength right down the middle as good as anybody, but still." Yeah. Now, without handing them the cup, and certainly. A lot of people will probably write about it and hand them the cup in a three until, feet tomorrow. Until, until tomorrow, until tomorrow Sunday, when somebody else makes a massive deal and they'll swing right. it, and then they'll say the other team swings it. So, but but I do have to ask the question: Is the <clears throat> league now making it too easy? Not the league itself, not the NHL, but just the way the landscape is with the cap, with the haves and have-nots, because there's a lot more have-nots this year. Has it made it much easier this year for Pittsburgh? to possibly repeat the last year, because I'm getting the feeling it is. Like, it's this year, they they got a way easier path, it looks like. Maybe Tampa will be their big roadblock. We'll see. But it looks like the path is easier. It was easier to get a big player, where okay. last year was a bit more of a struggle, I felt. They might, you know what, listen, I, I don't know. For, I mean, not to, to, you know, 
I think if they end up in a first-round matchup with Philadelphia, it may be a little bit tougher. Of a It'll be tough. They will, I, I think they'll win they'll the series. I think they would win the series, but I think yeah. they would have some. Uh, they would have an interesting. It would be an interesting ride for them in the first sure. round. Yeah. But as an example, like tonight, I was watching some of the Carolina game. It's just like they're toying with them. Like oh, Kessel's yeah. getting hot now. They've got Crosby. They've got Malkin. They've got excellent goaltending. Latang is there. Like, even if somebody big did go down, they probably could absorb it, Mike. But it's just, I do feel like just, this is, now it may not happen, but this is maybe the easiest setup for a three-peat. It's, I want to say it's similar to the NBA. I do, because I, I think this has, you know, gotten kind of easy for Rutherford this year. Well, I mean, first of all, the they will face the winner of a knockdown drag out Tampa Boston second round series unless unless the Leafs upset Boston or Tampa whoever mm-hmm. is in second place. So, you know, not to, not to say that it's gonna be a cakewalk to get through no, uh, it be a cake metro, walk. but but they've they've handled Washington in the past and Washington is is not even close to being the powerhouse that they were last year. And I think this deal I mean this is why all these rumors about Grabner and Kane and all these wingers that were supposedly going to Pittsburgh made absolutely no sense. Their goal from the very beginning of the season was to strengthen themselves up the, mid, up the middle after mm-hmm. losing Benito. Yeah, we, we all thought they would get a center, but, you know, you never right. know with them. You know, they could have gotten a winger and moved somebody to the center. You know, Pittsburgh is, yeah. is weird that way. They could do that. But at the, in the end, they got the position of need. They did. Yeah, and and now and now you're talking about Riley Sheehan as your fourth line center, right. and and Broussard yeah. as your third line center, and you can spread out your offense and probably put Kessel on the third line with Broussard, yeah. and you know that's it's I don't know if it's unstoppable, but it's pretty close. And if they get the goal the sending out of Murray, it's a real matchup nightmare. Good luck, Eastern Conference. Yeah. yeah. So Not we look sure. at it now from the Vegas angle. Okay, so Vegas blocks, you know, a team so maybe they can go around in the playoffs. It is possible they can go around. Um, they eat money because they could eat money. Ryan Reeves, is he really going to play for Vegas? I doubt it. Um, he might play regular season now, but I doubt he's going to get playoff time. But we'll see. I mean, you never know. <sighs> what did Vegas really gain here other than getting better positioning for themselves? They didn't get a whole lot other than that, other than just Feel like feeling like, hey, we controlled our destiny a little in the playoffs. And is there anything else they got, really? I think again, if, if the method was to make sure that Derek Brassard was not going to be playing on a team that they were going to be matching up with in the first in the, in the first round, and it is again, as we said, it is the Winnipeg Jets. I totally, it's actually a fairly smart move. Now they're retaining yeah. I believe forty percent of the of, of Brassard's salary, so. You take that for again for what it is. It's a costly move um, to do it. It's a costly move to do it, but if they're that concerned again, it's, if they're if, if they're concerned enough about dealing Broussard, dealing with Broussard in this circumstance, um, I get the logic. Do I necessarily agree with making that outlay for him? Eh. You know, again, for a player like Reeves, it's almost like they're they're, they're doing the Penguins a favor by taking Reeves yeah. with their hands because they realize it was such a it was such a damn mistake to make in the first place. So, um, and again, again, that's Vegas's angle on this is that, and they get some picks out of the deal as well. But it's, you know, 
All right, so well, now well, we well, – Let's ahead, Mike. End of the deal here. Yeah, well, let me, let me yeah. just say this quickly is, I mean, with the possibility of them coming up against heavy teams in their own division like Anaheim mm-hmm. and L.A., I think it's more beneficial for Gerard Gallant and for, for George McPhee to have – Ryan Reeves on your fourth line, then a five foot nine, one hundred exactly. That's true. Leipzig. So I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to play in the playoffs, and he has played in the playoffs before. So I think that that's going to it gives them a little more weight against those teams. All right, maybe you could be right. I'll I'll, I'll watch that for sure. All right. So from Otto's perspective, you know they get they get picks, which is good. Uh, they get Cole, like Mike said, to probably flip for another pick. But they get yeah. Philip Gustafson, and Philip Gustafson. To be honest, when he was heading into the World Juniors, I liked him, and he was on my radar, and I said, you know, I was only worried about him with his covers. Sometimes his, his covers weren't clean, and, boy, he came out of that tournament. Mike and I voted for him as, as best goalie. He won best goalie in the World Juniors, and he gets dealt. And, you know, I was, you know, I was saying to Mike today, that would be a good guy for him to get because Ottawa doesn't have any goalies in their system. So they probably, in a couple of years, two, three years, have their number one goalie. So for all the people that sort of want to trounce on Ottawa because of money constraints, and clearly that other deal had a lot to do with those money constraints, Aunt Pierre Dorian continues to, to build a, a nice roster of young players, plus he still has a few vets around. So, I, you know, they're not going to be a horrible team in a couple of years. They're really not. No, no they're not. And again, it's going to be really interesting to see how you know how they're going to potentially sell this to um, to Eric Carlson in this case, yeah. uh, and whether or not at Carlson, you know, and it sounds like it's Carlson's likely going to be exiting. So they're going to hopefully try to recoup as much as they can to continue to to build, obviously, for the future. Well. Um, Stop there for a second. Let's 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 ask this question: Is it going to yeah. be by Monday, or is it going to be when we're in Dallas? Because I think I think it's Dallas, more likely in Dallas. Dallas. I think it's yeah. far more likely to be Dallas. This is it's always it, and, and at the deadline, it's such a tight, tight, tight window. You, you're going to have to get their just their doors blown off them here in a short window for them to probably move them. I think it's this is a classic going to be draft. This is, sounds to me like a, a classic. We'll revisit it, you know, at the draft. I think the Tampa hit list is. They're going for the white whale and Carlson now. That's why we hear the reports. They're mm-hmm. going to offer the most for him. Then they're going to go to the Rangers if they don't get Carlson and offer the next most for McDonough. And if they don't get him, then they'll offer whatever deal they were offering to the Rangers for McDonough with a little less maybe for Green. Like that's that, and they'll, and they'll get one of them. I think that's the Tampa angle on in all this. Yeah, I, I think Ken Holland has got to be sort of pissed off right now because. Green is the guy who, in terms of the defenseman in this rental class, is, is, the, is the leading guy. But, we're, you know, we're talking about rentals. It's him and right. Jack Johnson, and then it drops off the table. And right. he's basically having to wait until all this crap with Carlson and maybe less so with McDonough gets cleared. And yep. that, that might mean that Mike Green has to wait there, sit there, and not play until Monday at about 1 o'clock when they finally get around to trading him. So, I mean, that's, that's sort of an uncomfortable position for the Red Wings because they clearly want to get as much as they can for him in terms of young assets for Mike Green. Yeah, and, also adding, and, and, and adding to the mix that complicates things for the Red for them as well as you also have again Ian Cole as we stated before is likely going to be likely going to get flipped again, right. and that adds that adds to the market and there's I think there's going to be a pretty decent market I think um, if the fly again I, and I brought this up before 
if the Flyers are looking to add to their blue line and they, and they don't feel like Travis Sanheim is necessarily ready to come up, back up yet, uh, defense, from a defensive standpoint, certainly offensively he's putting up the numbers in the AHL. But if you're looking to upgrade, um, I think the Flyers could do worse than acquiring Cole. The question is obviously what the asking price is going to be and if it turns into a bidding war, which eh, next couple of days wouldn't surprise me. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out Anthony. I wouldn't rule out Cole. Originally played for for St. Louis. I wouldn't rule mm-hmm. out him going back there. Going back to St. Louis, the Islanders could maybe, the Islanders might be in the mix there too. I could see that as well. And and Peter Peter Tessier on our on our buzzcast has been saying that that Winnipeg is looking to for a depth defenseman. Not bad to have a depth defenseman who's won two Stanley Cups. True. It is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Now we wait for other things to happen, and you kind of wonder. Let's if we look at it from the Winnipeg Winnipeg's perspective, and they're they're clearly looking, and so they got blocked. They got blocked, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you know they've got to definitely get something because it's going to start getting really super ultra competitive in in the West there, and they can't fall out of it. Like this is a year they cannot fall out of it. Because fans are expecting it. There's a lot of pressure. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do and who they're going to get. I, I, I think Zuccarello's off the table now, too. I sort of get that feeling. I He would be a great fit for them, but I've heard nothing about it. And I just kind of wonder if the Rangers pulled back on that. But if I were, if I were Winnipeg, I would be looking at, at Zuccarello. What's your thoughts? I mean, Zuccarello is certainly a possibility. I do wonder, I, 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 you know, if after this trade happened from the from Ottawa's perspective, there's a part of me that certainly wonders whether or not um, Matt Duchesne is <laughs> looking at the situation yeah. and going, what exactly did I sign on for? Yeah. Um, and whether or not, you know, he would be like, you know, maybe, maybe I want to not necessarily be here. Of course, you don't want to get that reputation, but that's another – Angle potentially to look at there, but mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think Zuccarello. If it's the, I think you're right. I think if it's going to be anybody that they could potentially go after, I think Zuccarello is certainly that possibility for Winnipeg. Well, I Mike? know the one. I know the one guy that they won't go after is Evander Kane, but uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> now you know they they were they were involved with Broussard. They were trying to get strengthen themselves up the middle. I mean, I could see them maybe as sort of a consolation prize if. Ottawa is willing to trade them going after a Zach Smith or a Pajot. More, more Pajot because of his success in the playoffs. But, I mean, they're definitely going to want – if they're going to have to trade assets, then they have a lot of – Oh, another, another player to consider as well is um, Thomas Plakanich. That's another possibility. Even at 35, I think that's yeah, we, we, an we, established we asked, centerman. Yeah. We, asked, we asked Peter about that, and he seemed yeah. interested. And they have tons and tons of cap space. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk that Montreal is trying to basically convince them to take a, a one-year contract and that there's some skepticism whether, you know, now one team that was supposedly interested in him, which was Pittsburgh, I mean, the $6 million cap hit would have been a problem for them. Yeah. San Jose was another team. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure he moves. But I think the appetite for Winnipeg is to get somebody who's got term left because if they're giving up young guys like Brendan Lemieux or Nick Patan, they want somebody who they get for multiple years and not just a rental. Here's an idea for you. Maybe Pagel? 
Yeah, I think, model. I, think I, mean, I think that's about, he's got four years. He's got four years left on his term at three point mm-hmm. one million. That's a very affordable contract. He's twenty five years old, so he can grow with the young lineup. I think again, if I'm looking at if they're looking for centers here, um, especially when they they can graft on who's young. To me, JG JG uh, uh, Pajot would be a pretty good pickup for them if they if they go down that road. And it's got to be fr- it's got to be frustrating for Winnipeg Russ because not only are they getting blocked by other teams in their conference, which is what you do at this time of year, but they're getting blocked by players with the no trade clauses. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is a, this is a this is a place now. I mean, if you had Winnipeg on your no trade list, you if you're a rental, why not go there? They're a talented team. They have a chance of going deep. You should reconsider going there. Well, here's here's again, if I'm getting desperate for Winnipeg. Do I call Philly up and and work something for Matt Reed? Maybe. It's possible. Again, if they're planning on again Reed on a low grade move, I mean, he's still kind of sitting there, Reed, right now. Yeah, and, I mean, he could be used. Really high. He can be used. But the question is whether or not you know scouts have seen him. And uh, you know, yeah. The thing you're concerned about with Reed is just he. He used to have the wheels, and it's just of late. It just hasn't quite. It hasn't shown as much. Yeah, but you could use him on the PK. Like you could make him a true. role player. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, especially I, and, I, and for a team. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I, go ahead, Mike. I, I think I see, and I don't know if, if he's if he's healthy or not, but I, I would think they'd be looking for a guy like a Philpola, based on his experience and based on, you know, he's a short term guy and probably the cost. You know, they they would want they would want a, a guy like a Philpola. Uh, to to because he could play center, he can play wing, and he's first. But Philly's in the race; they're not going to give I, up. Philly's right, in the race; exactly. they're not going to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. They're going to give him up. He's especially with their situation now in the bottom. You know, in their bottom six, but their center situation's kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, Lawton's actually done a pretty good job, obviously at third line center. But he's coming ice time wise. He and uh, he and Phil Phil have kind of gone back and forth a bit. So I think Philly. As Hextall's fond of saying, he's inclined of having. There's never too many centers, and I felt I don't think they're. I think they're going to let you know Philpila play out his play out to the end, and yeah. then move on after in the off season. So I don't I think, think they're going to. I, I think yeah. there are enough sellers out there that that Shevel Dayoff can find. You know, so somebody like like a Benoit Pouliot, or you know, I'm saying, there's some forward out there with playoff experience that they can get relatively cheap. Because I, I don't think they're. I, I think they're looking for center, but I think if they're looking for experience, at least that, that's what Peter has taught, uh, said to us, is what they're looking for. And if that's the case, then you know you could find an experienced guy out there for a cheap price. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Little side thing, getting off the rumor thing for a minute. Um, I saw something interesting today. Once again, um, St. Louis is in a position where they've got to win a lot of games to keep pace to make the playoffs. They were getting beat tonight, I think, 3 nothing by Winnipeg. Uh, and Jake Allen is now at around a 9.08 save percentage. Mike and I have tended to rail on him in the past. He, he had a good season last year. Mike, he's back to being Jake Allen again. And this could be scary for St. Louis. It's possible they could drop out. They probably won't. But they're going to have to win to get in. They can't just rely on their positioning. No, and they've – I mean, I think Carter Hutton's played close to 30 games. I know. So, Nobody in their right mind expected to happen, and you know he's had a, he's had a much better year than I ever thought he could, could. But I mean tonight, apparently, you know they're razzing Jake Allen every time he stops a shot because he's been bad. And that you know honestly, they only go as far 
as Jake Allen takes him because I, I just don't think Carter Hutton is a, is a viable number one option going into the playoffs. I mean, is it possible that, that Doug Armstrong looks for, you know, looks for his Peter Morazic before Monday? It's possible. It is possible. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, and that's that's a definite possibility there. But uh, it's crazy. It's crazy that we, you know, a team that's as well set up like that could be derailed in net still after. <laughs> and trust me, he's. I, I, I hate to bring this up, but I have Allen in my fantasy league, so it's like, <laughs> oh, dude, you were doing pain. so well. You're doing. There you were doing pain. so well. Now. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel terrible saying that, but I, I'm sorry. The numbers are kind of rolling in, and I'm going, Jake, what's up, dude? <laughs> well, well let, let me let me just mention about the about the leaps because I mean they haven't done anything of major significance yet. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Sashnikov and the uh, Eric Fair deals clearing some uh, contract space, which gives them flexibility. I mean, there's a lot, of course, there's a lot of new, a lot of rumor out there about what they're going to do. And it, things could have gotten more complicated last night because Austin Matthews got, uh, sandwiched by Clutterbuck and Pellich in the, in the game against the Islanders. And Babcock was <laughs> forthcoming today saying it's day to day. And we'll find out how much more day to day it is after he gets examined. Um, which I, I would, I would think it, it's going to be at least a couple weeks. But that probably won't derail Lamorello from doing what he wants to do at the deadline. And I I, I look at it and, and basically uh, think that they're going to – I mean, they're going to try for a top – what is that? We get this South Texas call on here, and they all, they all of a sudden come on, and it's like an echo chamber. So I think it's somebody just fooling with us. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so weird. It's happened a couple times. I think it, it, when we had a guest on, it, it, we thought it was an I thought it was an echo, and it just it, anyway. Um, but the, the question is, can they get a top four D? I don't think they're going to um, break the bank for one. I, they may be in on McDonough. I think that they would love to get Chris Tanev or maybe Yarmolson, but I, I think it's limited to what they're willing to give up for those guys. I don't think they're going to go for a rental unless uh, you know because I don't think they're going to give up a first round pick for Johnson or for uh, for Green because they're just not. I don't think they think that they're worth it or they're close enough and. You know, any of the other rentals are basically what the, as good as what they already have. So, and according to the, all the reports, they're talking about going for a uh, for a Luke Glenn Denning type of uh, uh, center to help them up the middle. Which um, here we go again. All right, I agree. I've, I've muted the guy, so it's all right. But I think we're going to be pretty close to ending it. If, if anybody has like a bold prediction, they could throw it out there. My one prediction that I'll say is I think Dallas, the Dallas Stars are hiding in the weeds. They've got assets. I expect them to do something. We'll see what they do. Well, for where's me, Rick, I'm going to – you go first, ahead. Mike. Go ahead. You first. I was going to say, where does, where does Rick Nash go? I think Nashville. I do think Nashville. Oh, he wants that. He wants that headline so bad. No, I just think it's that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yeah, I, gonna, I, I, yeah. I, I, I could, I could see Dallas doing something. I, I could see Dallas going the cheap route and getting Evander Kane without giving up a first round pick. You know, maybe, maybe Hitchcock, maybe Hitchcock can handle that. 
I have the feeling the team in the weeds is going to be Anaheim. I think that, you know they're 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 hot now. Even though mm-hmm. Gibson got hurt, Ryan Miller's playing well for them. If there's an opportunity for them to add something, you know, but, but Bob Murray usually does it, so I think he could make a splash, and nobody's expecting him to. All right. You got the last word, at. All right. So, goaltending wise, obviously Philadelphia is able to address getting um, Mrazek. They're going to have a real interesting time, though, in a few weeks when they try to oh, yeah. juggle things. But in my in my estimation, I think we there's a possibility we may see a trade from Philadelphia. I'm not saying I know anything for sure, but I do. I am kind of locked in on potentially Ian Cole as a possibility, and maybe a penalty killing forward. If not, then then Philly, I think, stays pretty quiet. Okay. Nope, that's a good show. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Monday will be the day. It'll be pretty exciting. Right now, if you've got a team that's out of it, go to sportsology.com and start reading my draft list. Best thing I can tell you to do. <laughs> and, watch, and watch the trade deadline coverage on hockeybuzz.com starting at noon on Monday. There you go. And Indeed. that's it. That's it for myself, Anthony, and Mike. And Anthony, you have something else to add? And we'll see everybody next week. There you go. All right, cool. All right, we're good to go. All right, see ya. All right, gentlemen, talk to you. All right. I gotta I'm still trying to log off here, hold on. That's fine. They have signed off here. Just hang up, I'll uh Okay. You'll have to edit off the end. All right.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.